I just can't believe I did that. I, I'm such an idiot. Phil Mickelson, 2006, winged foot. Yes, it's U.S. Open week in September. Very odd. Uh, hardly a U.S. Open, if you will. There was no qualifying. It was a selection process. But obviously, COVID's changed everything. Because, yeah, I was signed up for U.S. Open qualifying. Um, would have been in May. And then you're kind of sitting watching. And it's like, oh, no, this, is, uh, this isn't happening. Oh, it's postponed. Oh, oh, now, oh, it's going to happen in, later in the year. Oh, wait, no. Now there's no qualifying. We're just going to select people for the U.S. Open. So hardly a U.S. Open. But it's still the U.S. Open, and it's at Wingfoot. It's going to be amazing to watch. And speaking of the U.S. Open, for those watching the video, I'm wearing a pretty dope U.S. Open hat with some skull and crossbones on it from Imperial. Because uh, uh, Short Par 4, they have so much U.S. Open merchandise. Because obviously with no fans, all that merchandise that was made is... It's no one, there's no one on site to get it. So, some companies got access to it, like Short Par 4, and they have a US Open store running all week. New Era, Imperial, 47, just so many cool companies. Polo, they got all the shirts, uh, Ralph Lauren shirts that the volunteers were meant to wear. You can get access to those. So, I'm going to be wearing that stuff all week, and um, it will be linked below if you want to go to the Short Par 4 website and check out all the awesome US Open swag. There's some really dope dope hats so i would say if you're if you're a winged foot fan if you're a golf fan if you're a u.s open fan this is a great opportunity to get some some swag to commemorate arguably the weirdest u.s open in uh, in modern times uh, no fans no open qualifying just a selection process but it's at the historic awesome beautiful difficult amazing winged foot i mean i'm not going to make any predictions here golf is uh is in good hands right now. Dustin Johnson's playing amazing golf. John Rahm's playing amazing golf. So I think it wouldn't be shocking to see them up there. I would love to see Phil Mickelson win this U.S. Open because, I mean, how cool would that be? Um, 14 years later, redemption, and it would be his Grand Slam. But hey, let's just watch and enjoy another major. I mean, the PGA Championship was pretty great, so... Um, let's enjoy the U.S. Open, even though without fans, it's not as amazing as it could be, but it's still going to be pretty good. And speaking of the PGA Tour, the Safeway just wrapped. And like I said in episode one, these events are where you're going to see a lot of names you don't really know, names you don't recognize, or some some journeymen, if you will, a lot of people that this whole notion of what this podcast is kind of about the guys that need their opportunity and i was watching it last night and a good friend of mine and and definitely someone who has put in his dues mike gligick from uh from burlington almost grabbed his first top 10 but then he had some 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 pushes so he finished tied 14th that was his highest finish on the pga tour to date mike will definitely be a guest on this show but i mean gligs turned pro in 2008 at 18 years old, spent a lot of time in the Canadian Tour, got to the Corn Ferry, and then finally got to the PGA Tour for the 1920 season. And obviously, it was a bit of a wash because of COVID. So he's getting to play this season. So I really hope to see Mike do really well. Um, just looking at the leaderboard here, Dave Hearn, another another Canadian, tied 14th. That's awesome. But then looking here, Akshay Batia, 
kind of uh, that's someone you definitely want to pay attention to. He uh, top tend it really good. Um, James Hahn, that is definitely someone I think in today's interview we even mentioned him. Um, James Hahn played on the Canadian tour with me. You know, he he is someone that epitomizes this. <clears throat> On the, living on the number, he had to stop playing golf, sell shoes at Nordstrom, get back into playing golf, and then he finally kind of broke through, got some solid play, won on the PGA Tour twice. It was really great seeing him up there. Unfortunately, didn't uh, didn't do too well yesterday. And then, yeah, Stuart Sink hasn't won in 11 years since the British Open, and he wins at 47 years old. I mean, it's not like he kind of went through any lows. He just kind of wasn't winning. You know, he's a good player handful of wins so Stuart Sink closed it out um, pretty cool to watch Harry Higgs that's an entertaining guy to watch so I mean this this season this time of the year this it used to be what the fall finish now it's just the start of the year a lot of good golfers in there that you've never heard of so I would say give it a watch and we'll definitely be talking about them on the show and before we go into the interview I want to bring attention to some of the people that watched um or watched, listened to episode one. Pretty cool. It's exclusive to the Short Par 4 app right now, so people have been downloading the app, and they've been loving the app. But I'm going to give a little shout-out to some of the comments from episode one. Jordan, nice podcast, Andrew. I usually watch on YouTube, but I'll follow you over here now as well. Thanks, Jordan. Jay Gravel, great podcast. Can't wait for more episodes. Thank you, Jay. Dennis Vasbender, well done, Andrew, and Short Par 4. So shout out. You can comment on the Short Par 4 app, which is pretty cool. Um, rather than like in, in podcasts on, on iTunes, you're leaving a review with, um, you know, what you think. This is kind of cool. You have like a commenting feature on the Short Par 4 app. So um, you're listening to this. You obviously have the Short Par 4 app. So head over there, maybe favorite it, leave a comment on today's episode and let me know what you think. <clears throat> and I did mention it. Today's episode is a cool one. We have a very awesome interview that you're going to hear. It's a long chat with a buddy of mine. We've known each other since roughly 2009, Matt Galloway. He played professional golf. <clears throat> excuse me. Played professional golf. Played on the McKenzie Tour. And then just kind of, you'll hear in an interview why he stopped and why he got into caddying. But he has now been a caddy on the LPGA Tour for five years. Most notably, caddying for Michelle Wee for two and a half years, basically until she uh, she packed it in last year. He he was with her through some of her injuries and um, was on her bag until she got her last injury. And she said, hey, you know, you can probably go find a new bag. I think he knew before a lot of other people knew that she was ready to, to take a break. And now she's a mother and um, we're so happy for her. But Matt's got some awesome stories he's going to tell in this interview about the Solheim Cup, about sponsorship, about <laughs> traveling on the McKenzie Tour when Tinder just came around, um, flying hungover, just a lot of great stories. Uh, Matt, as someone who is a caddy now, it's it's not the most glamorous life that you would think. It's very similar to what it is playing on the McKenzie Tour, playing on developmental tours. You're, you're, you're trying to c- cover your costs. You're trying to not overspend. But Matt and I really get into it. Matt likes his beer. We're sharing a pint. We're, we're chatting it up. So sit back, relax, enjoy this interview with the one and only Matthew Galloway. Matt, you are my first guest. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> the first interview on... Man, you must not be able to find anybody else. 
Yeah, pretty much. That was probably like ASMR, the, the beer right in it. What are you drinking right now? Um, Coastal Cove Hazy IPA from Wicked Weed. It's my go-to for the summer. That's Tampa, right? Wicked Weed? Mm-hmm. No, that's Asheville. North Carolina, yeah, but they distribute down here. Okay, I've got um, – this is from – Masthead Brewing Company in Cleveland, Ohio. The One Trick Pony, not an ad. This is just from like a beer. No free ads. No free ads no. in the pot. Remember that that Taver thing or Tabor thing that I did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of the beers from that, like a New England IPA. So you can get Matt here is, man, we've known each other since 2009, so 11 years. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, because then we are both beer aficionados. I think yes. our beer nerdum blossomed together. Correct. I've already given a good introduction about kind of the arc of your career, but you turned pro in 2009, correct? Yeah. Graduated, yeah, 2008, 2009, same thing. Because you graduated college in 2008. Yeah, that's right. Because this is how we met. You emailed me, like, because I wrote a blog about turning pro for my golf spy. And then you emailed correct. me asking. Yeah, I was trying to. Tour. Yeah, I was trying to find out stuff for proposals, and I was yeah. trying to write a proposal for all my sponsors. Yeah. Nothing I was trying. Like, there's like, at the time, there's probably like five things or five people on the internet that had anything out there. You'd like, yeah. like, no one had a website. You had to dig through stuff. Yeah, because I remember like I was enough of like a kind of internet nerd where I had a website and I was blogging, and at the, I mean that's why it's kind of not surprising to see where I've transitioned now. But like, there was nothing for us that right. existed, and now it's almost like we've gone to the point where there's too much, but still nothing. Yeah, like, like a it's a lot out there about I how to remember, turn pro and this and that, but none of it's very helpful. <laughs> yeah, like a co- another college teammate of mine, he had like an L- his like LLC proposal, and I had that in hand, so I basically just copied that verbatim. Yeah, and then made it my own spin, and then went from there. Because I I remember, because I think we had only like shot the shit like in Twitter messages or emails because I don't think we've like physically met in person until no, like, like some West Florida. Florida yeah. I sent in Florida for, I mean, you're a man of uh, West Florida fame. You were the, the career money winner leading money winner for how many years? Uh, I, I, w- I don't think I was leading. I don't know. I had, like I was all up there. Time. I think you were yeah, like, yeah. I think I'm still Joey, like a top, top I think 10. Like, Joey Lemuel, Joey Lemuel like man. caught you. Because I started, because um, I was living in Sarasota and you were up in Tampa, but a lot of the events were down in the Sarasota yeah, area. Yeah, clutch for me at the time. Because I remember when I, I was living in Lakewood Ranch and I like pulled up your website and you're like sponsorship pr- proposal and like it was good. Like it was super well designed and clean and I was kind of like, oh, who is this fucking asshole? Like he's so yeah. good at this and mine is like I'm struggling and it, it's funny how it's like we were good friends now, but like in the inherent competition in our sport, you kind of looked at everybody like, Ooh, right. maybe they're, you know, why is this guy getting money and I'm not, or why is this guy I never got any money? It's so the best part about it. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. <laughs> well, transitioning to another thing. Well, the best have... part about it. So, so sidebar. So like I'm playing Canadian tour in like 2014, 2015. And I asked yeah. an agent friend of mine for a like example of a money, like a, a letter they wrote their player for like a, exemption letter or something yeah and he sent it to me and it was the same he basically ripped off my style of like letter like yeah. formatting and everything i was like wait a second i pulled up the website this whole thing was just a ripoff of mine that's amazing yeah so i was just like yeah all right that's cool it's so fun because yeah we would have to pull these things and try to find like i remember the first letter i wrote for a sponsor's exemption because 
my first year on the Canadian tour in 08, I was sponsored by a local Ford dealership in, in Ottawa. Yeah. They gave me a car. So there was a Ford sponsored event, Gretzky's event on the nationwide. So I wrote a letter because, oh, he's a high up Ford dealer. He was thinking maybe he could get me. And I wrote a letter and like it was fucking like three pages long, this sponsor's exemption letter. And it's yeah. like, no, that's not. You they need to be write. short, sweet, like a cover yeah. letter to a resume. And it's still like a shot in the dark. It, it's who you know and who potentially can oh, pay 100%. for your spot. It's all networking. Yeah. It's, it's still the same way. I mean, it's gotten... I'm not too involved in it now. I haven't stopped, stopped playing since like 2015. And yeah. I mean, get to that in the timeline, but it's like, yeah, yeah. it's all very consolidated now. Yeah. Cause we, so you were playing kind of West Florida for like four years, basically. Right. Yeah. I spun my wheels on West Florida and like anything else, Monday qualifiers yeah. got on a couple of web events randomly. And then Canadian tour, like 13, 14, 15. But you were you caddying for you were caddying for Lee for a little bit, right? That was like a random 2012 like okay. thing. Like he fired his guy. He was like, "Hey, come do this." It was like his way of giving me money. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just did that and got a little experience, and I learned a lot. Cool. I mean, I did like six, seven events for him in like 2012, but it was like just more like I was friends with Lee. He was like, "I don't. I, here's my way of helping you out." Because you guys went to the same school, didn't you? No, he went to Florida. It was a different school. It's just I met oh. through another avenues and we became friends somehow and started playing a lot of golf together and Got I it. learned to create. He's a, he's a good friend. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you're, I was about to say we were going back to, like, couldn't get any money. Like, I was lucky I got money for my first year and then fucking lost my card and never got, excuse me, money again. Yeah. And then you just, you know, Visa was my sponsor for the longest time. But you had an opportunity to get some cash in 2013, did you not? I, I, there was an opportunity. <laughs> this is, um, for some of the younger listeners, they may not remember this show, but the big break, Matt yep. was, you were, a, you were a big break, like star. You, you really, like you were a big deal. I remember I auditioned for that one. I didn't get it. Cause that was at yeah. the, uh, the Ibero star resort where we played a Canadian tour event for a couple years. Right. You got to the finals. What was on the line? It was cash, uh, right? Oh, shit, crap, shit ton of cash. Can you cuss like, on this thing? Yeah, I've yeah, already yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I'm the Canadian. You don't have to say sorry. <laughs> no, it was a lot of cash. It was like, I think, I'm thinking it was like 75 straight up cash, a spot in Mayakoba at the time. This is 2013, so a spot yeah. in like the 2014 or 2013 Mayakoba Classic. And like $10,000 from Dix, whatever, $10,000. It was, it was basically like $100,000 worth of right. stuff. There was a big Adams deal. Yeah, it was like fifteen k from Adams. It was all ended up being like hundred grand worth of cash. Yeah, because I, I think it was the the first big break that went to like cash was Derek Gillespie won that one in PEI. Yeah. That was like hundred grand cash. And I think that was that was 09. So yeah. big break just transitioned to cash. When did it end? A couple seasons after yours? Yeah, it was, we were technically like season 19. I think they went like three or four more seasons. They would do like two or three a year. So that's why the number yeah. got so high. Yeah, because like it's like, like one of the longest running reality TV shows but next to like Survivor and like Big Brother. And now I was I just Googled it. Like it's on Golf Pass. Like all the seasons are up yeah, there. Yeah, they, they re-aired this summer during quarantine. They re-aired a bunch of them on Monday. And yeah. they did our season eventually, which is funny because like there's a lot of people that didn't know I did it. And I didn't like yeah. tell anybody. And I'm like, I just saw you on Golf Channel. Like what in the heck was that? Cause did you, have you stayed in touch with anyone from the show? Um, like a couple of the guys here and there were like, we're all friends. There's like a, a there's actually a Facebook like group 
for like past big breakers. Past competitors. And then like, yeah. still, so you see stuff from like the people you run a cast with and you stay in touch yeah. around there, like the Brent Longs and Jay Woodson's, but. Cause Jay, yeah, that was a guy. Yeah. That, like he still might, maybe even still is playing. Yeah. He's got know. like, that's like eight kids now or something stupid. He's got a bunch of kids, but like, um, he's a great dude. I, I haven't really yeah. talked to him in a while. Brent, you message back and forth. It's just kind of like internet. State. Brent was the ball guy, right? Yeah, he was yeah, like yeah. he was a really good player at the time. Brent was like a mini tour legend. I was terrified when I saw Brent walking like, oh great. Really? Yeah, because I think I saw him on some like Hooters tour events. In, yeah, in I mean, just like he'd Monday in like six events in one year. It was silly. Wow. And then yeah, I think I remember from your season because my parents love the show. And then it's kind of it's funny. Right. It was like full circle when you stayed at my parents' house yeah, for yeah. that Canadian Women's Open. My mom was like, oh yeah, I remember. Like yeah, because but uh, there was also famous some, Andrew Jensen basement. That's it. A lot of. Uh, Hey, the opens going, the opens going back to Hunt Club. Basement. What's that? Opens going back to Hunt Club. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it next year? Something like next year or, or two years ago. I think. Yeah, that was that's a fun story we can get into as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good that was a good weekend. Because um, there was a couple characters in that show that were like characters, right? Like yeah, that's for the sure. reality show was like that. So that was like 2013. And then you got your first year in the Kings was 14, wasn't it? Yeah, like I got in some events through that in 13. And 14, okay. I qualified, had full status. BC, right? You went yeah. to Crown Isle? Yeah. And then it's 15, funny I had some status like, to play a lot. We were like, sorry to interrupt. Like, I do that for a living. But we were like buddies. But you were like, I don't know if you ever did this too. Like, when you were playing, you have guys that you like kind of flag on leaderboards. Like, on the app or whatever. Like, you were someone that like I'd always, like was always like a favorite. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember because I didn't do canadian tour school for a few years and i remember when you qualified at crown isle and then kind of given a little timeline 2013 is when tinder existed started because i remember my first year on the canadian <laughs> canadian tour my yeah. mackenzie tour yeah. year 2013, yeah. being in calgary alberta for that event and like downloading tinder for the first time and being like everyone was embarrassed to be on tinder and then 2014 <laughs> Your uh, Mackenzie oh, season <laughs> was, uh, I no, think I remember the Ottawa event. I got in on a sponsor's exemption in the Ottawa event. So you stayed, no, you stayed in the hotel. You didn't stay with us. Um, yeah, I stayed I went out with you one night because you were meeting a girl from Tinder. We went to some restaurant and like I met up like to kind of like right. be with you when you were meeting a girl from Tinder in downtown. Dude, I, don't re- I don't remember this. I, 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 I don't know. It's, I mean, it's six years ago. Yeah. Like it is a while. Yeah. Feels like some of yesterday, but like kind of that is one of the experience that is I'm sure not unique to just developmental tour golf, but probably more prevalent in developmental tour golf now that like dating apps exist. Yeah. Even like caddying, it still exists or exists. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's still a thing. I mean, not anymore. I'm married, so yeah, my same wife's here. in another room. Hey, so, I, like, I met my wife on Bumble, so it's like yeah. those uh, the apps are fun and they were they they serve a purpose, and I guess it's like what you you want out of it. And for some guys on tour that don't care about making cuts and just want to get laid, well, they have apps for that. And try explaining that to your sponsors, though, why you're <laughs> yeah. It's actually it was a it's a bad thing because you get on there on Monday. And it's like you're kind of trying to find a match to potentially see in a couple of days. But now I think your brain's already like n- not thinking about the weekend. It's like, well, yeah, 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 the yeah. weekend off. 
and it's I can't again my first few years on tour like I didn't have that I can't imagine that difficulty for players now that like single guys out there like it it's an absolute distraction because you're you're focused on potentially that rather than like oh you know you got to birdie the last three to make the cut but you know you've got this like smoke show waiting for you to hang out It was funny, like maybe the second or third week out there, like I had a, a adventurous week and weekend meeting yeah. a local, which it wasn't even through that. It was like I just it was just some waitress I met at a restaurant. That had been in like, and, uh, like BC, right? Yeah, yeah. And had a, yeah. a good week and finished like whatever, finished fifteenth or twelfth or something. I was like, you know what? I could do this every week. This is great. <laughs> Loosens me up. Wasn't very effective. I had no, a lot of weekends off. Yeah, it's tough. Um my Joel Damon took a lot of my money. Yeah, that 14, that was his year, right? No, that was Mackenzie Hughes's year. No, it was Jamin's year. He won everything. He won like two or three events. Yeah, and he won the money yeah. list. Yeah, and that's when he was unstoppable. And he didn't like, he didn't give a shit either. He just like, yeah. he would party Monday, Tuesday and still won the event. And you're like, how the hell is this guy doing this? Yeah, he's like that guy that like doesn't study for exams and gets Yeah, A's and you hate him. Or, like, you hate him. Like, because that's like that's what's really cool to see Joel do so well now, and and yeah, so many sure. people come to see like what his personality is like. Because a lot of Mackenzie tour guys saw that firsthand, and even oh. uh, it was thirteen because Tony Finau played in twenty thirteen, right? And the same thing. Like you see these Mackenzie tour guys that are doing well now, and you you get to know them in such a difference. It's kind of like maybe people say like the European tour has that camaraderie, and and the PGA tour doesn't and i think mckenzie tour certainly there's a camaraderie up there especially for a yeah. lot of the americans i would imagine because you're traveling to a new country together yeah for sure and like i even, still have a pretty good like lifetime relationship with like three or four guys that i played with that those two seasons like i just stayed i was in arkansas last week with lpj event yeah i stayed with one of the guys i played with in 14's parents place i stayed there every single year for the last six years that's awesome so that's kind of like, you, you know how that is with the golf yeah. you just build your relationships and you meet people and it's like very surprising. Well, cause that's kind of, that's something that's super, I definitely, I would say unique to something like the McKenzie tour where, you know, private housing billeting is such a norm. I, I don't think from my experience playing like Hooters tour and, and those type of tours, like they offer it, but it's not. Back in the day when Hooters tours was like on its prime, there was like yeah. always host families, some of those bigger neighborhoods, you'd have host housing. Yeah. But I was not to scared me, to stay at someone's house. I guess to me, I, I didn't, uh, Maybe because I was like, oh, I've never been around North Carolina or whatever. Like, I'd rather stay in a hotel. But I didn't play a lot of Hooters Tour events because my first, my first few years were all Canadian Tour, and then I got, I really lost my status when I think Hooters got out. So, yeah. but that's something that a lot of people don't see. Like, that's one of the the upsides of this kind of like lower tiered, if you will, mm-hmm. meeting people and 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 staying like. like staying in, in touch with these people that host you. And then you have stories like that, or like, I mean, you've stayed with my parents. Like it's yeah, cool. Exactly. Like I'm not scared to stay in someone's house. I mean, yeah. like as I get older, I'm like, maybe I'll just get a hotel this week. But like some weeks I'm like super expensive, like, but you know what? That housing helps, man. Even when yeah. you're caddying, it's like saving a couple bucks there and there is fantastic. Cause I'm, I've gotten to the point. I think it's cause those couple years when I was like, really heavily speaking and I'm being put up in hotels yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I think I got super spoiled. So then I got super comfortable. Like, no, I'm staying in a hotel every time. I so my wife, like my wife has her corporate job and like, yeah, she gets her free, like her hotels paid for on the road. And like, 
it's very funny when or you have we have totally different standards of hotels. Oh, I got yeah. my caddy hotel, and I got like when we go on the road with her, it's like, oh, this, we get that we get the Hampton Inn. It's like the damn Ritz Carlton this week. I know. Yeah. Even Kelly and I are going um down to Shore Park for this weekend for the app launch and like trying to find a hotel kind of got that middle ground because obviously you want to stay like maybe right downtown Sarasota. We don't want to spend too much money, but I'd be content staying in a $60 hotel room. And it's like, yeah. eh, not so much anymore. Cause there's a I'm couple, sure we, is it Sarah, is there in Sarasota? Yeah. They're in Lakewood ranch. So we're staying at this place called the even, which look, it's got like a little gym. There was this room. new, like, yeah, there's this new place that opened downtown. I don't know if it's any good or not. It was like a kind of a funky, I'll, I'll text it to you later. Okay. But like, I was trying to think of what it is. Cause, but like, oh my gosh, some of the hotels I've stayed in, but it's, it's funny. Like you, you choose that over private housing and you're oh, like oh yeah. fuck that was a bad choice well it was funny like flash forward a couple weeks ago in toledo um what yeah and our flashback so there was this i hadn't been back to toledo like since 2016 since, since okay. i hadn't been there in a while and then there's this red roof in we stayed at i was like oh it was pretty decent they fixed up the rooms and i was like all right my buddy had booked a room for this year thinking it was the same place and i pulled up there and it was like a crack den. And I was like, I just looked at it and I'm like, no, this isn't yeah. happening. Like this, I just scrambled on the app. I had to find some other place. I'm like, I'm not staying here reviews. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think that's only happened to me once, but I didn't have a choice. Like I still had to stay in it because it was like the Sault Ste. Marie Invitational, but it was during like this, it was like August. It was, I like, think, no, it was August long weekend. But like and, Sault Ste. Marie is out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and there's two Sault Ste. Marie's, right? There's Michigan right. and Ontario. And Michigan's a small town, cute town. Ontario, eh, not so much. Dodge. But there was like a bunch of weddings happening. And the, the event was in Michigan, oh, but I got a hotel. What's that? Everything yeah, everything. And, yeah. And, like, and the only hotels were like casinos and that. And then I had to stay on the Canadian side. And it was like this hotel was also the Greyhound station. And like Sick. legitimately, legitimately this, this hotel was a bed, a light on like a box, and a TV on like nice. some makeshift desk. And like my room key changed every night, like didn't work. And I'm like, fuck, someone's been in there. Like, I didn't leave anything in there. It was, I mean, I played well that week, but it was bad. Yeah. I've got some, yeah, there's a ton of bad hotels yeah. I've stayed in. But. Well, because that's kind of like, I mean, you've transitioned into caddying full time and right. it's not too dissimilar to the experience of being. Not on the PGA Tour, I guess. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, like, not even too. that. It's like your bottom line is still based on what you spend for the week. So it's kind of yeah. like you, like any like professional golf caddying, even the PGA Tour guys, you're still taking care of your own expenses. Yeah. Outside of your weekly salary, so you're like you got to yeah. like, what's my fine line of trying to make money this week? Because at least caddying, you know, you have a weekly salary that you kind of you're working with. Whereas when we were playing, fuck, we didn't have yeah. a weekly salary. Yeah. We had a hope I uh, don't yeah. lose my shirt this week. Like, if I can keep maybe what I lost under $1,000, it's not a terrible week, but basically. I mean, that's, that's the toughest thing about Canadian Tour, and it's still the same thing now. It's like, you got to finish, like, top 20 of the money list to even, like, cover your cover your shit. Like, even, oh, yeah, no. Even the break even, yeah. not less make money. I mean, luckily, when I played in 14, like, and, you know, I did a big break, and obviously the, the reason I did it was, like, all right, maybe I get my name out there and I'll get some attention and play yeah. well. Either I'll win and make some money, or I'll act like a normal human being on the show. And some people are like, hey, this kid needs some help. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him some money. And it achieved all those goals. I made a little money in the show, and then I got a sponsor out of this guy. Gave me 150 grand to play for two years. 
Yeah. Which at the time I was like, I'm the richest motherfucker alive. Yeah. Like, I thought I had all the money in the world. I'm like, I'm gonna get my own apartment. I got my own. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Fantastic. And then, you know, 14 season rolls around. I'm like, I'm not like staying under the Carlton by any means. Yeah. But, like, still paying your bills. Everything's covered. Like, I wasn't worried about missing cuts. And and just you know, cut the story short, he basically pulls the plug a year, a half of the year, or basically half the way through the two years of yeah. 100 grand and. I basically just missed skin through second stage by a shot, which would have given yeah, me a web card and that. totally probably changed everything. Yeah. Well, I'm that was also down. when a web card. Meant oh, something. no, they, it meant something. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah, like, oh, was oh, yeah, final final stage of Q school. And all yeah, that yeah. Stuff. So I would have had a web card and then that would have changed a lot of things. But like based on my drive back home from Florida after missing Q school by shot, he's like, yeah, I'm just like something changed financially for me. I don't have the funds to put this anymore. That. So I'm yeah. like. All right, so I had stockpiled some money. I had some money saved away, but I was basically down to my last like 20 grand. And I was like, I played all through the winter. I started caddying the stream song again. And then I got a call like from a buddy there. It's like, hey, this LPG girl needs some help. And then shit, I've been doing it for six years. Like I but just got stuck. Was Not Ryan stuck or... it. No, Ryan was my first. I worked, Ryan was Chinese... the first. I worked for this Chinese girl, Cindy Fang, for three weeks. Yeah. And it was awesome being out there because my first three weeks were Hawaii san francisco and like i mean dallas but dallas was cool because i stayed downtown and it was fun but like those are fun weeks like hawaii is mm-hmm. awesome i've never been to hawaii this is my first time going and then san francisco is awesome it's a cool town and then dallas is whatever i had a great time being out on the road but like working for this girl sucked like yeah. talking to this girl practice sun up the sundown like you're literally 12 hour days it was abysmal and then yeah it just didn't work. I, me and her yeah. dad didn't get along, and it's fine. I'm not that. There's one of those agree to like, hey, I'm gonna go part my ways, and then I guess Ryan's guy left, and Ryan calls me, and I met some people out there in three weeks, and it turned into like I'm out here for six years now. Yeah, because I remember where was I? I was playing an event in like the Toronto area. It's when you, your first year with Ryan, the the tournament yeah. at uh, Whistle Bear. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. With, yeah. You stay with my buddies. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, like I got you a place to stay there. Yeah. But and then, I'm still friends with them. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's well, Canadians, man. We're 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 good. We're good shit. We're yeah. good people. But that was because uh, Matt, like for like context, obviously I'm a big hockey fan. Matt is a for a, an American, a Floridian, huge hockey fan, huge Tampa fan. Like we've been to games together. Um, when the Canucks were in town. Yeah, they just got through. That was huge. Canucks gotta gotta put, dig deep tonight to get through. God, I hate Boston, so I was so happy that series. Yeah. Over. I mean, anyway, continue your story. But that event you guys in your in your pro-am right like you played with three hockey players didn't you that's right it was like it was matt hoffman it was matt uh, hoffman stoner uh, wasn't it mark stone yeah i think it was he's playing it for was, vegas now yeah i don't yeah it was him and another guy I couldn't remember it was, just, it, it was a fun week it was a fun pro-am because i remember you texting me you're like these guys can hit it and like because yeah a lot of a lot of Canadian guys in the NHL are just golf all, all summer. Sends it. Like, it's funny. Yeah. He's like, the Pro-Ams and the LPGA are pure scramble, right? So it's like, yeah. you play the best tee ball, and we're having 50-yard pitch shots in every single hole. I'm like, Ryan, we got to drop back and actually hit it where we're supposed to hit it yeah, from? Yeah, Because we haven't seen those nine holes. Like, you need to actually hit your second shot to actually get a feel for it. Yeah. Like, having 40 yards in every hole is actually useless because that golf course is... At Whistleberry, yeah. I don't, don't want to talk about Whistleberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then after Ryan... I mean, to like the outside eye, even to me, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like after Ryan, if you want, like to use a term like big break, like you moved on to arguably the one of the like the most one of the most influential golf bags 
in women's golf. Right. Because I remember it was Malaysia seeing you guys. And you'd only been with her for a few weeks then. I remember seeing, I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was Singapore. It was Singapore. At, yeah, was, yeah. Singapore was our actual first week. You're gonna say she her name won Malaysia, you say right? No, no, she did win Malaysia. Okay, I, I get right. confused. C- carry on. I don't want to interrupt your story. No, no, no. Ahead. I just remember seeing you on TV in your in your beard and being like, because for, again, for context, Matt's not someone that like we talk a lot, but it's not like, oh my gosh, look what's happening to me, or this is what's next, this is what's next. It's like. You just kind of, and it, it's ironic because when you got off the big break, like you were active on social media, you did it like you were like in this influencer space before it was called an influencer space. Like you right. were really, you were doing stuff for the, the, the bolts on, on, so on Twitter and like, you've yeah, always yeah, been yeah. a big Twitter user and you take great photos on Instagram and then like when opportunities presented themselves to really kind of go down that path, like you never did. You're not like a big kind of like, Ooh, look at me person from from yeah i mean i that was an internal struggle and we can talk yeah. about that later but it's more or less like so yeah i did we just didn't stay in touch it was and actually it was quite a whirlwind so like 2016 ends and me and ryan have this whatever we don't we're not gonna continue to work together yeah. going into well i remember that we, i remember talking about that with you but then basically the, the team and then piecing together my schedule i'm in the bahamas i worked for this girl taiwanese girl wailing sue who's a great player and it was just kind of like piecing together a schedule and um, I'm in the bar on Friday night. I'm sitting there drinking with the guy who was working for Michelle. And he's like, yeah, I think I just got fired. And I literally just get my phone out. And like, I don't know Michelle very well. At the time, yeah. like, just Michelle Lee's a figure for me. She plays on the tour. I've maybe spoken five words to Michelle Lee at the time. That max five. Yeah. And then I just get my phone out. And I text one of her good friends that I'm good friends with. I'm like, hey, I heard blah, 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 got fired. What is she going to do? And that was all I needed to do. And you know, before the end of the week, I get back home. I'm on the phone having a phone call with her. And it was just having an interview. Because to and me, we're like... supposed to, and, then, and then we're meant to go to Australia, and yeah. which is like we have a, we go to Bahamas, we go off, we go to Australia. I go to Australia, work for another girl, just piece of the other schedule because I love going to Australia. And then like Singapore's two weeks later, and then we talking. You know, she'll finally text me. I haven't really talked to them. She texts me on like a Friday or Saturday. I was like, hey, can you, are you still in town? Can you meet? We go grab acai somewhere at this place in Adelaide, Australia. And she's like, hey, I'm probably going to get a sponsor invite in Singapore. You want to go, can you caddy? I'm like, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I can. And so it was kind of like at the time, I didn't really have a solid job. This is a big win-win for me either yeah. way. Like I could go. And then all the all, way caddy kind of works is it always kind of starts as like, hey, you're going to come start a three-week trial. Yeah. Because that, that's all it is, two or three-week trial. You do three weeks, you see how it goes, and you go from there. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, you move on to the next thing. I was like, what's the worst I can lose? Like, I can go work for Michelle B for three weeks. It's not going to work out, and I'll find another job. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Which admittedly means I got to go. I'm flying back home to Florida from Australia, turn around, and, like, fly back to Singapore. Like, I was home for three days, jet lag. It's just like, yeah, it was a lot of flying. But it was worth it because we go to Singapore and have a fantastic week, leading going in the last rounds. I mean, she didn't get it done, but I mean, yeah. it was. I mean, for her, she hadn't done much in a while, so that was fun for her. It's fun for me. And then, you know, Sunday night, I'm in Singapore walking home after having a nice dinner, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to do the rest of the year?" I'm like, "Absolutely, I want to do the rest of the year." And I worked for her for two and a half years. Yeah, because that was also Solheim Cup year. Right, seventeen, yeah, because yeah. that was the women's open was in Ottawa that year. You stayed with my parents, 
and I had an event in Quebec. I missed the cut, so I came home. Was it seventeen? Yeah, because you came. It was it was the week after the yeah. Solheim Cup. Yeah, that's right. And you're yeah. like, I'm gonna be a little, because uh, y'all partied hard, like winning. Oh that's a funny story. Yeah, we, yeah. So we were in like Des Moines, Iowa, and like yeah. getting from Des Moines, Iowa to like Ottawa on it's any not, airline yeah. is like a nightmare. Yeah, There's no direct flights. There's no nothing. So like, I'm on this 5:30 of the morning flight from like Des Moines through Chicago, through God knows where to get to Ottawa. And um, we win the cup. It was a fun, fun week. Solheim Cups are the funnest weeks ever. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, Solheim Cups are the best for caddies because you get like you get paid. You're staying in some swanky hotel for free. You get all this free shit, like rain gear and shirts and stuff. And so it's a fun week. It's they treat Yeah, well, I would imagine for you, too. Like, it's it's you're representing your country. Like, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, and so like it's, it's a really cool experience. Yeah. And, like, there's a crap ton of fans and a lot of, yeah. So to have done a Solheim Cup in America as an American, like that's kind of added yeah, and to win. Sick. It's like this added kind of wow. Yeah, it was sick. And we were we were playing like a Saturday morning four ball match with Daniel Kang and my buddy Caddy, one of my good good caddy friends, Caddy for Caddy's for Danielle. And we're going down like the fifteenth hole and it's like seven, eight deep at the fifteenth hole. I'm like looking, I'm like, That's so cool. This is the coolest shit ever. Um but anyway, so me and we had a great night Sunday. I had this five thirty flight. It gets to the point where, like, I can't go to sleep. I just got to stay. Yeah, I remember you texting me Sunday night, and you're like, I hope your parents don't mind. Like, I'm going to be going on no sleep. I'm like, like, I'm going to be a zombie. Yeah, yeah, Like, And so I stay awake all night. And and anyone knows me well, like, I can fall asleep anywhere. So, like, I'm liable to just, like, sit down and fall asleep. (laughs) I know, because I've slept. Literally, we've shared a bed. In yeah, your freaking old bat in your old uh like girl over garage apartment. Oh, I forgot you stayed there. Anyways, um, I'll sleep anywhere, and you're the loudest yeah. snorer on the planet. <laughs> well, we don't need to tell anybody about that. Um, and so I decided to stay up. Like, it was funniest thing is like, I don't remember what I packed. I don't know what I did. But anyways, yeah. I get to the airport. We get to the airport fine. My buddy, my buddy Cole, who works for Danielle, he's fine with me to Canada together and we're boarding this plane. Like I'm, I sit down at the, the gate and I pass out at the gate maybe before the flame, before yeah. the plane boards. And he wakes up. He's like, Hey man, Hey man, we're boarding, we're boarding. I'm like, all right, all right. Okay, yeah. And so like, I, I, I pass out again. And so he's like getting in line to plane. Like he's about the board. He looks over, sees me pass out the gate. And like, there's no chance I wake up. So he runs over and just straight up like bitch slaps me as hard yeah. as he can. And, like, people in the gate area were just like, what in the hell is happening? And so I just woke up, like, oh, 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 and I just grabbed my stuff and get on the plane. And, like, I, oh, flying hungover sucks. And that it's was the probably worst. Like, it's the out. absolute worst. I have, like, I'm fortunate I haven't, like, I don't think I've, I honestly maybe done it once or twice, but not very often. Like, I'm not a huge drinker, but, like, that's a situation where I'd probably be in the same boat. Cause, yeah, I remember you saying, because I was, this event was in, like, for me, it was in Victoriaville, Quebec. So I think I left. Like, I, I was there when you got there, and then I left. Yeah. I missed the cut, so I came back. Hey, we hung out that week a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I remember. remember I spent some time with you all that weekend, like, taking you around Ottawa. You had already been around Ottawa, but some of the other yeah. caddies. Things had changed, and that, yeah. And that was, um, that was the, the, the McGregor-Mayweather fight that weekend. Right. Because we watched uh-huh. it. I remember, like, I remember well, we the went girl. Up to that yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, British yeah, yeah, yeah. pub when I remember, like, hanging out with Mel Reed, Bronte. Right. And uh, yeah. Jay Marie, like it was kind of cool, like, and but then at the same token, that was like Michelle. So it was cool to like get to hear about your experience working for Michelle and like 
obviously everyone has an opinion about her dad and this and that. And like for me to hear that, it's like it's that's obviously super overblown and not the reality. But um, but I remember like kind of getting into it and like Checky Bouncy. That's when I learned about that. And then everybody, uh, yeah, fuck if I know what that means. But no, like that's just a term, like a caddy term that I learned. But then that was when she fucking got appendicitis and like had to go to a hospital in Ottawa. And you guys were like top 10 going into Sunday. It was like like, top 20 going into Sunday. We're like 18th or 20th or whatever. And like Michelle's been hurt a lot. She goes to the hospital a lot. And like at this point, I'm working for her for a full year. I've gotten a text message like, hey, don't be alarmed. I'm going to the hospital for X, Y, Z. And it got to the point where I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'll see you whatever time. And then she's pretty like, they're pretty much like they run on the clock. Like if yeah. they say they're going to be there at 1020, they're there at 1020. And then when she said, she's like, oh, I'll be there. And like, she doesn't show up at that time. She's supposed to show up. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And so she's texting me like, hey, like, I think, I think I'm going to be able to make it. I think I'll be able to make it. They're just counting my white blood cells. I think I'm going to be able to make it. And I'm like, once I heard white blood cells were involved, oh, I'm yeah. like, this isn't good. It's good Canadian healthcare, but that's the, I remember, but to me, well, the, the, the funniest thing is like, so they came to the point where like, Hey, so, uh, she calls me, she's like, I, they're taking my appendix out and we're supposed to be in a tea like in an hour. And so I go in the rules trailer and be like, Hey, uh, Hey guys, um, Michelle's not making it today. And they're like, okay. And they have obviously a procedure about withdrawals and like, yeah. usually you have to do it in person. And they're like, well, was Michelle able to come and tell us she's withdrawing? I'm like, guys, I don't think you get it. Like she's going into like surgery. Surgery, like, Yeah. Know, I, I can call you, I can call her from here and you can talk to her while she's on the hospital bed about to go under the table. But yeah, like she's got to pull her appendix out and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but to me, like, you know, that week, cause obviously we'd hung out at times when you're a caddy, but that week I got like, I got a, a better understanding of like how it works as a caddy and like the financial side of it. And fuck man, like I was like, Obviously, my, my, my family's big Michelle Wee fan. So the fact that you were looping for her was like super, super cool. Yeah. But like we want to see her do well. But then to me, I'm like, fuck, you're like your paycheck just went from pretty good to like. But to me, and I'm like, that's like business wise. I'm like, that fucking sucks. But like, obviously, someone's health is, is someone's health. Like, that's not what I'm. Well, I'm I mean, at, but, like, the end of the day, to like, me, I look from... to you and I'm like, shit, that sucks for your bottom line that week as opposed to. I mean, at the end of the day, like, we just had a good Solheim Cup and we got paid pretty well there. So it's yeah, kind of yeah. like, and I had a great year. So it wasn't like I was that pissed about it. No, Like, no, if no. it was like this year or last year, I'd have been like, oh, here we go again. I lost a ton of money. But even it goes back to like one of the things we were talking about earlier this year with like the restart because of COVID right. and the like, the, the, all the procedures. Like, if your player tested positive on Friday and they find out Saturday and your players in the top 10 or leading, oh, they, they don't get, they can't, they get, they have to withdraw. They're out. And it's like, okay, well their status and all that isn't affected. PJ tour, corn Ferry, LBJ and all that. Yeah. But their caddy just lost the well, lot. Yeah. They did lose a lot of money, but still like the LPJ tour has been great. There's a stipend in place for those weeks. Like the caddy and player both get paid. Like, it's, Oh, so okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they're like, they've had a stipend in place. Like the players maybe aren't, ha- it's not as good as say what the PJ tour was, but like sure. there's a stipend in place to take care of the caddies and players. And, you know, Mike Wan's done a great job to set it all up and make sure everything was covered. And so everything's fine in that regard, but it's just yeah. like, yeah, that, that would suck. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, com- I feel like it'd be comparable to, you know, playing the McKenzie tour, making a cut and then having to withdraw. You're getting last place money. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, no matter where I mean, you the, are. The stipend's better than Last Place Money. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, there were some jokes. Like, this would be Last Place Money on the McKenzie store was like $400. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even McKenzie tour, man. I mean, no, it is what it is. It's just that's the nature of the beast at the at the lower level. Right. But like I remember what we were talking about, but this whole restart for me, I, I've played a few tournaments, cool, but I'm by myself. But you guys have like rules, like you can't room with other caddies. You were saying, right? Yeah. So uh, it was very convalescent in the beginning of the year. It was kind of like you got to stay around rooms. Like, so we all save money by like sharing a rental car, sharing a room with your buddies. Like, so it's kind of like you like get together. Tour. Like just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Tour. yeah. And so they were kind of saying like, oh, you can't do that. But now they kind of they they've not saying loosen the rules, but it's like you can stay with someone else, but just know if that one person tests positive, like you're going to have to withdraw from the event as well. You're still eligible for the stipend, but you're going to pull out of the event, yeah. which is at the beginning was like very risky. You're like, I can't do that. But now like you kind of know who's taking it seriously and who's not. So it's kind of like you pick and choose your battles of what you're doing. And so it's a matter of like, I'm not going to put my, my job in jeopardy or testing positive, but we've done it. The tour's done a great job. Our testing's great and everything's fine. So like we haven't had the last, four or five weeks no one's really tested positive so it's not some major concern of mine so everyone's kind of figuring out their own individual protocols within the lpga protocols and so i mean luckily the lpga tour was able to fall kind of see what the pga tour did and see how they kind of might have had some errors here and there and then like make those protocols from there like the pga tour walked you know gave a little forefront for what they're supposed to do and i think like to me as like a I'm a casual golf fan. Uh, as I've gotten older, I pay less and less attention to it, but I'm invested in my friends, like players, caddies. And I mean, the LPGA tour, like Juan's doing it. Like it's cool to watch what he's doing. Like he's doing a really cool job. And like the tour is, I, I think I'm, I'm, it's awesome. Like what's been happening and like how he handles things, especially given kind of where it was maybe seven years ago. Like when it was like looking like, Oh my gosh, there might not be an LPGA tour. Like it's pretty dope to see, how it's like re-cemented itself in the space of golf, but not in the way that like people thought it had to by being more American, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, listen, so there's like, there's blessings and curses to way the LPGA tour set up. So being a yeah. global tour, there's a lot of events that are based in global out, like in global outies yeah. and like Asia and other countries. Yeah. And so having those events elsewhere, now you're not being able to travel that really puts that into jeopardy but there's also tv rights in those countries that are put in jeopardy there's a lot of different yeah. multi-channel streams i mean listen mike's done a great job i mean there's some gripes about things that have gone on this year but maybe the caddy thing but like the caddy's optional deal but that's just a small thing and i mean, I remember when i started like you would think like oh the commissioner of the tour you never get to see him and like once you get out there you realize like mike will be out there michael playing pro-ams you know mike michael coded the tour if he plays on a pro-am and he'll tip the, the tour caddy a hundred dollars every single time. That's I mean, I cool. probably shouldn't say that, but like, he'll like, he'll like, yeah. he's a good dude. Like, uh, yeah. And he, it's funny. He comes to stream song every winter and I caddy for him for two or three days, a stream song. And I've gotten to know him quite well. And it's kind of like, he's a guy that will say hi to you just by your first name and ask you how your family's doing. He's That's fantastic. Awesome. And he's the nicest guy in the world. And then, like, he makes you like want to run through wall for the LPGA tour. Cause he, he tell he sells it and he does well and he's great at his job. And I can't, I mean, he's a great commissioner to have. I mean, as us as hockey fans, he's we're thinking Gary Bettman, so it's it's I pretty mean, good. To, yeah. 
I mean, even having when LPGA does go and there's an issue somewhere, Michael step out and just say, "Hey, like here's what we we're dealing with, and like here's the explanation to it, and like here it is," and he'll step in front of a camera and just well, say, like all his all his stuff he did with uh, Sophia, that was awesome. Yeah, I mean it's it's that it's a tough tough position to be in yeah. for that situation because he basically just has a Twitter golf Twitter mob like running after yeah. him with a pitch and like. Well, and we are our world right now for these last seven months. Everybody is wanting to find a reason to to be heard and complain about something. And it's listen, listen, like everyone, and even I get wrapped up in this. Like I get wrapped up in the way the PGA Tour works, the Web dot com Tour worked, playing golf for five six years, and all of a sudden, like the rules and regulation are really different. LPGA, and there's like weird rules here and there. Like why don't they do that the way the men do it? And like you kind of start figuring out the reasons. You're like, oh, that makes sense why that policy is that way. And then Mike, Mike just came out and said, like, here's why we're doing this. We're not going to change the rules in the middle of the year and we'll revisit at the end of the year. But, like, he explained yeah. it the way he needed to. Perfect. Everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Funny what just a good explanation it does for people. But that would yeah. I mean kind of that that fits into just to see someone that, again, I'm not I'm a huge golf fan. I don't pay attention to a whole lot. But, like, to see a Symmetra Tour girl win a major. That's fucking awesome. I mean, I wouldn't call Sophia a symmetric tour girl. Like okay, she, so she she's like had on and off. She like as long oh, as okay. I've been on tour, she's had on or off status on LPGA tour. She just had a to me as like I mean, she casual. basically was conditional status, misses a putt, like a four foot putt in the last hole at Q series that would have gave her a conditional card again. And she just happened to be not have any status at all, being conditional, not making a card. She was like loses all that. So she just goes in the symmetric category. So it's kind of like Dude, she was. She's been an LPGA member on and off as long as I've been on the tour. It's, it's, it's like a guy who plays back and forth between the AHL and the NHL, and then does a whole year Same. in the AHL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but exactly. again, He's as just, like kind of like a real fan, it's funny what Twitter does to like. Well, I mean, it's the, the same narrative. notion. I mean, the same notion. The fields have been a little weaker this year. Like Sophia wouldn't have gotten in marathon if it hadn't been because of COVID, because the strip field had been a little stronger. Yeah. But like yeah. once again. There's a, a like a ten spot qualifier based on the best ten scores at marathon, and she finished like whatever ninth to her and her spot at the British Open, which is a thing they do every single year. Mm-hmm. And so she earned her spot there, which is fantastic. But I mean, and she took advantage of it. So hats oh, off to her. She's a great. Yeah. It's, it's it's super it's super awesome. Like she's a great kid, and I I know her a little bit, and I was happy to see her win. Kid, how old is she? She's like 27, 28. Okay. She's a, little, I, I, she's a little older. I mean, we're, we're older, though. From old LPGA standards, every girl is an LPGA is like 20 years old. Yeah, no kidding. But we are we are up there, and that's why yeah. I'm in media now, and you're in caddying. Yeah, How's your I'm game? Like, How's your game? I, I just actually I just came from the golf course. I hit balls this afternoon for the first time in a bit. Yeah. Because um, we have a couple weeks. We're going to Palm Springs next week, and then Portland the week after. And then I'm gonna go to Bandon Dunes for a week by myself, yeah. kind of on the solo. I've never been. It's kind of a solo pilgrimage. I've always wanted to go. My wife's finally like, you know what? Just go and get it over with. I'm yeah. like, go get out of your system. Take your so, photos. Yeah, that, that's kind of a fun thing got, too. You got a good camera now. You've, I mean, you've always had a good. I've never had a good eye for photo as like a f- video and like media nerd. You've always had a good eye for photo. You've always have taken good photos, and it's been it's unique to see a, a golfer with an Instagram that's not about like my golf Instagram is all my it's all me it's all golf like yeah, it's yeah, brand. Yeah. Whereas yours is just good photos, and then you got into cameras and lenses and well, like I still have a zero shit's clue. Like I I basically have done shot everything on an iPhone until 
Michelle as an end of the year gift in 2018 gave me a camera and it was yeah, very basic like a Sony Alpha or something right just like a Sony A6000 like yeah. by no means a special camera but it has a little more capability and I have one lens and actually I have two lenses I have a vintage and you have a nifty 50 right yeah I have a, I have a vintage Canon FD50 which equivalents to the crop factor like to 85 yeah yeah like large um <laughs> no one's listening anymore <laughs> turn out but anyways it's like I, I've like it's it's a new thing for me and it's fun it's a creative outlet i'm kind of now going through this weird like creative block thing where i'm just like terrified to post anything like i've taken a shit ton of photos in the last year and a half i just haven't like shown anybody any of them really so it's more or less it's like i'm sitting on spent time like, with like i mean it's christian hafer right yeah 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 you spent some time friend. with him you spent some time with eric and all of his like you've yeah You've you've been around some of the more influential kind of golf photographers, and you've you've breathed sure. that rarefied air, brushed shoulders with them, and it's like, just luckily to be friends with them. And it's like random yeah. experiences where it's kind of like meet people on the way and you become friends. And it's not because of like what they are, or who they are. It's just like, hey, like you're a cool person to hang out with. Yeah, let's go play golf or have a beer. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's... that's the fact that you said that. That's kind of funny. We've literally never played golf together. In a, like eleven years of knowing each other, huh? We've like had countless beers. We've we we've played gone the same, hockey games. We yeah, played yeah, the same yeah. tournaments. We've actually never played around golf together. We were trying to do some stuff at Streamsong eventually, which we will, and we'll film it for YouTube. But like, it's, it's yeah. fucking funny that you just said that because like, yeah, we've actually. That's kind of one of the unique things with professional golfers. I think unless they're like people you maybe play practice rounds with you don't play a lot of golf with your buddies on. Yeah. Well, my, my view on golf was very bizarre. I went from like kind of frustrated that I had to resort to caddying and was very mad about it to like, then accepting my identity as a caddy and then like, all right, I'm going to be a caddy. And then like, you know, I hate golf. I hate playing. So I don't play and play for a while. Yeah. I, I went through that too, for sure. The bug, the bugs got me again, but it's more or less like not from a competitive professional standpoint. I've actually got my amateur status back. You have. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people on YouTube tell me I should. <laughs> well, I should call myself a pro because uh, for whatever reasons, because there's a lot of experts out there. Don't right? read so. the comments, man. Like, <laughs> like YouTube 101. No, I um, like reading the comments because I, I, I appreciate a good chirp. But if your yeah, chirps are lazy, so. if you're like you fucking retire, dude, do, have you not watched some videos? Like I, I play a handful of tournaments a year. I make videos. I make like. I don't. think it's give me give me good chirps and I'll respect that. If you just if it's lazy, it's just it's well, maybe water you have off. to start chirping on your comments or something. It's a fuck with you. But um, YouTube comments, you're dead. I, I don't, I'm not scared of getting someone's grill because there's some stuff that pisses me off on YouTube. But um, no, I so now I'm back into playing again and I want to do it more like a competitive mid aim level. But like you realize your limitations as a player and you're like, all right. And I still can play some decent golf, but it's not like at a professional level. And so it's just more fun to, I bring my clubs when I'm domestic side or when I go to Scotland and I have them with me every week and I'll try to play once or twice a week. Really? I can. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And so it's more or less like trying to find the cool, go- a cool golf course in town. That's like under the radar, or like Palm Springs. I probably won't play next week. Cause it's going to be like one fifteen every single day. So I have no intention of being outside, Yeah. but like, Obviously, playing Bandon after Portland. Portland is a bunch of golf to play. Hope like I'm really excited to be back in Portland because I love Portland. 
Of course, so like, you're like you're like the hipster golfer. Not even not even like golf golf wise golfer. though. Like there's like so much good golf in Portland, and like there's even like little pitching putts that are fun. Yeah, like getting together yeah, with some of my friends from Jones and playing with them. Like yeah, there's a lot of people in Portland that are fun to hang out with. Yeah, I mean you've obviously watched all of Portlandia as well. No, I honestly haven't watched much of Portland. What I've seen like. I've seen a couple episodes here and there, and like, yeah, that's very accurate. Like, that's what Portland is. <laughs> Portland's like, I'm not even that cool. I go to Portland and I'm looking at other people, and I'm like, I'm not that cool, man. Just I keep it weird, man. Just keep yeah. it weird. Okay, this, I think we, our conversation has evolved enough. We've been talking for a fucking long time, but that's uh, that's what you get. Yeah. I got a running clock here. That's uh, 48 minutes, just shooting the what shit. If, this is what I could this do. This, this I could do this. I could go get another beer and we can make it another hour uh, if you want. We'll, to, we'll but... be a recurring guest, I'm sure, because. Hearing some of those stories, um, especially as things get back to a bit of normal, I'm sure a lot of listeners will like to hear some of those stories about caddying and kind of that that side of professional golf where it isn't all uh, glamour and and. No. There's times sleep. where I'm wheeling my stuff through like, or sleeping on concrete floor in the Hong Kong airport for six seven hours. Like, we are like, very oh, lucky now in our age that we have found great women to to yes. have married us, to have wed us, and and put up with us. And still trying to be kids and, and traveling in that. But we are, yes, we're very lucky guys. Uh, Matt, what do you got coming up? Uh, well, speaking of kids, my no. wife, October 30th. <laughs> what? I, I literally find this out on my fucking podcast. <laughs> That's happening. And Congratulations. so it's, it's kind of like <laughs> getting everything ready for that and then being ready to handle be a dad. So it's kind of like that's next. Wow, here that's I am. Next thing Go I have a dog. That's enough. Dear next, I mean, you're dude. You'll be there in a year or two. Don't, don't you worry. We that's yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, I'll I'll tag just it's Matthew Galloway on Instagram. Yep. Matt's a great follow. Twitter. Don't yep. expect much on Instagram apparently because he's afraid to post stuff. But maybe when you do, it'll There's be some heat coming. There's some heat coming eventually. I just don't yeah. I just don't think it's that good. And then uh, I think when your off season hits proper, we'll we'll definitely. Because I'm down in Sarasota now a good bit. We'll link we up and then play some golf, film some videos, a stream song, and all that good stuff. So, Matt, thank you, buddy, for um, being the first guest. Yeah, I'm honored. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I hope um, it wasn't too long-winded for you, but Matt and I, we could sit and shoot the shit for ages. It was really fun catching up with him. And, hey, episode two of On the Number, we get... A baby announcement that's pretty epic so uh, i really again hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed this episode expect many more interviews like this to come really good chats with players that maybe you've never heard of or players you have heard of just telling stories um from life on tour from from struggling to make ends meet to pay the bills uh yes i can't sh- thank short par four enough for making this happen like i said earlier You can go check out their website. They have a huge U.S. Open store going on right now. And if you want to join the membership, the best membership in golf, where they're going to send you a box of curated clothing every single month, different brands, according to your tastes, your fit, your style, everything, you can sign up for Short Par 4, link down below, and use the code AJ20 for 20% off your first box. You're already paying basically more than half off what it costs at a store. You're getting huge savings on awesome golf apparel, and you don't have to go to the store. 
short par four is a pretty amazing, amazing experience. And when you are a member, you do have access to the clubhouse. If you're not sure what the clubhouse is, head over to my YouTube channel. Um, we made a video from behind the scenes when the app launched and the clubhouse launched. We had a lot of fun in there. Pool table, ping pong table, basketball court, chipping green, putting green, simulator, bocce ball, bar. It, it's got it all. So check it out on my YouTube channel if you want to see what the clubhouse is all about. And if you are a member, you will have access to that clubhouse. So that's enough for uh, episode two of On the Number. Make sure you leave it a comment, favorite it. And if this is up on all your podcast services, give it a five-star review. Leave a comment. Let me know um, what you think and uh, what you want to hear in the future. Thank you very much for being part of this crew. And um, we'll see you in the next podcast.